Allen starts it out. Maybe a three-on-one. Right side. Allen comes in with Colasar. Got to do it. He scores! Keegan Colasar puts the Knights in the lead. It's the Vegas Golden Knights Insider Show with Darren Millard and Ryan Wallace. Now the Knights come out. Stone across the line drifting. Stevenson in with speed through the right circle. Back for Stone. He scores! What a setup! Vegas takes the lead. Two goals. Getting you ready for tonight's game live from T-Mobile Arena. A little bit late coming into hour number two because we get so distracted talking about the reverse retro launch 2.0. John Shannon with us. Evolve or die. It's the name of his new segment on the VGK Insider Show. And then Tommy Apolino with the uh, the Hyde Lounge. It was a jam-packed opening hour if you missed any of it. Uh, go back and uh, listen to it on the podcast uh, because John is going to get a good dinner uh, with George McPhee just by coming on the show and asking George uh, for the uh, dinner. We have a great game tonight between the Winnipeg Jets and the Vegas Golden Knights. Uh, Vegas coming off its first defeat of the season, but a 3-1 and start. They're looking for a bounce back. And for Winnipeg, they played in Denver last night, beat the Stanley Cup champions. I don't know how much left they're going to have. And if I'm going to put it into perspective for you, Arizona beat Toronto the other night uh-huh. and have followed up with a big sagging performance in Montreal this evening. Beating the Stanley Cup champions for Winnipeg last night may result in a vulnerable team for Vegas to take advantage of tonight. Yeah, that's an interesting thought. I mean, I think that if you're Winnipeg, you you probably want to come into this one with with a similar mindset to what you were able to do and what you were able to accomplish in Colorado. But I think on a back-to-back situation early on in the year, um, it, it could be an opportunity for the Golden Knights to jump on an opponent early and then try to put the, the game to bed as quickly as possible. Well, that uh, is taking words right out of the mouth of Bruce Cassidy, who spoke this morning talking about being ready to go and being heavy against the Winnipeg Jets. So I, I thought we were light on some pucks at times. Other times when we weren't, we were able to get going and and uh, play on offense. Uh, so if, if the heavy forecheck comes, we've got to be able to, to handle it. There's different ways. That's support. That's running interference so a guy has a little more time to get back on it so he can handle it. And then execute a good you know a good pass, whatever decision you make. So I think that, that caused us some problems below the goal line. And then our coverage below there led to some chances in front, including the last goal where we weren't stiff enough. So some of that is uh, position and some is just the mindset of uh, we're going to be harder in front of our net. And when it goes down to the other end, I think if you watched Winnipeg last night, there a few goals were scored by Colorado going to the net, getting to the interior. And at times we've done a good job of that. Howden's goal is a good example. He beat his guy to the good ice. Um, we've had guys do that and that. That has to be our mindset as well. So it's really both ends of the ice. I thought Calgary was a little better than us in those two areas. And it showed in the third when it was kind of time to play winning hockey. They they did it better than us. So we'll learn from it and start tonight and hopefully be better at it. There's times where if you're playing on a certain line, you get a certain amount of attention. Like if you're in the first line, first line, uh, you've got all the accolades, the headlines, and the, uh, the website, and uh, the fans know your name. And other lines can get lost in that. Yeah. The fourth line of the Vegas Golden Knights right now mm-hmm. is the headline grabber, the headline maker. They've been the most consistent, and I'm telling you right now that they are the example 
that everybody else is going to try and live up to, measure up to tonight in that playing heavy, winning those 50-50 battles against the Winnipeg Jets. And the skilled guys will then, if they're in that right position, be able to take advantage of that. Yeah, I mean, it's a line that's playing to their identity, right? And they've they've played to their identity pretty much the entirety of the regular season after there was a challenge in preseason that they needed to get better. They needed to play uh, to that level. So, But everybody has to have that part of their game. I, I agree with you. And, you know, Will Carrier, you know what you get every single time he hops over the boards. Nick Waugh, to me, has looked really good as the pivot for that line. Keegan Colasar, uh, you go back to the Chicago game. He's not, he's not able to convert on an opportunity that would have given the Golden Knights an early lead. What does he do? Follows it up 12 seconds in against Seattle. Like You have guys that are, are having those pockets where they, they could impact the game and it doesn't work, coming back the next game and, and finding a way. So I, I've liked the Golden Knights' fourth line. I feel like it's played to an identity. You, you talk about the Brett Howden goal and, and what Bruce Cassidy said. That was a that was a puck battle along the boards. That's how that play started, and you know you need more of that up the lineup for the Golden Knights if you're going to win hockey games. And you need more of it throughout the game, yeah, too. For sure, they yeah. had the two nothing lead, uh, weren't able to add to it. So there is going to be a change tonight for the Vegas Golden Knights up front. And Paul Cotter is going to come out. Uh, the thought was that uh, maybe he flattened out a little bit against Seattle. They gave him another chance against the Calgary Flames. He will watch tonight, and Michael Amadio, coming off a career last year, played in the season opener against Los Angeles, goes back in, and he'll skate with William Carlson and Jonathan Marsha. So a little bit more of a bigger body and a more veteran presence on that line and a motivated guy. Yeah, I, I'm with you there. I think that there's uh, something to be said for experience, something to be said for a player like Michael Amadio who's been through this before, who's got NHL games and a lot of them under his belt. Um, you know, you, you need to, at times, simplify things. And I, I think for Amadio, it's it's about getting into the lineup and trying to not relinquish that spot. Darren, you've talked a lot about internal competition being a good thing. Yep. If Michael Amadio comes in here, plays himself a really good game, then that's the internal competition working in its favor. He had to sit for a couple. If he comes back and he's impactful tonight, that's what you're looking for. And he, it's his job now that he's inserted in the lineup is to make it so Bruce Cassidy can't take him out right? when there's any kind of blip with this team or a stumble by somebody else. Force the issue on his behalf and make the coaching staff go elsewhere. There's where Amadio, who's done all the work, uh, Misha Donskov is just a, a legend mm. with the Vegas Golden Knights, uh, the assistant coach, and also does a lot of the, the rehab work and keeping guys who are out of the lineup uh, fresh by the uh, test before practice and then keeping them out after practice, keeping them positive. So you, he's got all the training and the coaching to lean on. Now it's up to him and go out there and, and make it happen with Will and, and Marcheson. Yeah, and I, I think for Mike Amadio, like, he's the type of player that I think will win those board battles, but he's also the type of player that if you get him in a good spot in the offensive zone, if, if William Carlson, Jonathan Marshall, so can work their magic and get the puck to Michael Amadio in a dangerous area, he's got the skill to put the puck in the back of the net. And, you know, I, I, I think the makeup of that line is going to be interesting. It, it's certainly going to be one of the lines I'm, I'm most focused in on for the Golden Knights because anytime there is that change, you want to see how it can pay dividends for you. I expect Vegas to have a pretty good start tonight. Given what happened in Calgary, 
and not being able to capitalize on that lead and the way it ended, some of the work that they've done the last couple of days and the messaging that was delivered from the coaching staff, tonight could be one of those, okay, response games, turning point games. They're 3-1 and one to start. That's mm-hmm. a great beginning. Yeah. You don't want to give any of that back, and given what you've got in Winnipeg, Colorado and Winnipeg, or sorry, Toronto, uh, in the next three games, you want to make sure that you start putting uh, a couple of these in the bank. And a, a player like Jack Eichel, who I don't think was overly happy with the game against the Calgary Flames yeah, and being able to generate opportunities and being able to uh, hold on to the puck and have that possession time, I think tonight is a response game that we haven't been able to look at in the regard because last year was so many uh, lineup uh, changes that he comes back and, and offers uh, one of those great performances. Yeah, I'm, I'm real curious to see what kind of game you get out of Jack Eichel and really that line of Eichel, Kessel, and Smith. I, I don't think that anyone on that line would say that they felt good about where their game was at in Calgary. And, you know, you you go back to the drawing board. You, you Everyone's going to have an off night here or there. It's how you respond to them. I, I think for Jack, the, the biggest thing is just to, to find – the, the, the consistency and the comfort level with your line mates. Like, we talked a lot in the preseason about the chemistry we saw building with Jack Eichel and Phil Kessel. Oh, it was instantaneous. It the was. First practice. And, and in the preseason and, and at, at various times, they would not have a ship that wasn't in the offensive zone. Hasn't quite worked that way. I'd like to see that type of game from them. Whether or not the points are there, I want to see Jack Eichel, Phil Kessel, Riley Smith dominating possession in the offensive zone. What I like seeing is Jack putting in the extra work, and I'm, I've am the ability to look out whenever uh, practice is, is happening or after practice yeah. and watch him putting in the extra work. And nobody has his game dialed in like he does at the, at the end of a workout. So uh, he's doing all of that. If, if you're going to see some kind of twist, and they, they talked about uh, other changes. Amadio's going to be the only one to come in for, for Cotter. They also have Jake Lasician. They see him more as a center iceman yeah. uh, in, in that regard. But uh, Marcheseau was so good in the last preseason game with Jack and Riley Smith. So you might see a little bit of those that shuffling as uh, we're into the fifth game and they're still trying to sort some things out. Yeah, it'll be interesting to see how the game starts and how the Golden Knights respond because I, I think one thing we've noticed from Bruce Cassidy, and, and, and it was present in preseason, it's been present in, in, the, in the early going, like if there's a need to move away from what you came into the game with, he's not going to be shy about it. And I think that that's going to be important because this is a real good opportunity for Vegas to just get right back into it, right? Get right back in the win column, understanding – the two teams you have coming up in Colorado and Toronto, uh, and then you've got your first back-to-back Monday, Tuesday next week. Like, there's an opportunity for the Golden Knights to bank some points, and you've got to get a strong game tonight. Well, you got to take advantage of it, yeah, as much as anything, because of what Winnipeg went through last night in Denver. Uh, a week ago, it was Chicago played against the Avalanche in their banner-raising ceremony. They come in here, and Chicago played a pretty good hockey game. Winnipeg uh, mm-hmm. was uh, uh, watching that and said, uh, that's going to be us in a week. Uh, we're going to go through that. Well, Vegas took advantage of the Chicago opposition and squeaked out a one nothing win. Tonight, they have to make sure 
that a team that played the Stanley Cup champions last night should be fatigued. They should be, even though it's early in the season, they should be able to take advantage of that. It's it's a competitive scheduling advantage for Vegas. And, you know, you go back to that Chicago game, and there are a lot of reasons why the Golden Knights did not have the strongest start in that game. But you go back to that first period, you go back to some of the chances that the Golden Knights were unable to bury. You have to have a good start here against Winnipeg because for whatever reason, Chicago, to me, had a really strong start to the game and faded as it went on. If it's similar, if you're going to get the best out of Winnipeg in the early going, the Golden Knights have to be the better team there. Uh, Winnipeg uh, banged up a little bit. You heard that from John Shannon in hour number one, but beat Denver last night uh, for Vegas. Uh, a 3-1 start. That's great. Now you add to it. You get a little greedy. Aiden Hill is going to go tonight yeah. for his first ever start at home. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it's interesting. Like I, I, I think that we kind of looked at the plan if if we were reading into things, and we, we likely do here, um, that this was the plan. Aiden Hill gets Winnipeg, and Logan Thompson will likely get the start against Colorado on Saturday, barring anything you know, happening here tonight. And, and, and I loved Aiden's game in Seattle. I, I really did. I thought he was composed. I thought pucks were finding him. There weren't a ton of rebounds out in the open for Seattle to jump on. Um, I'm I'm liking what I'm seeing from the goaltending of the Vegas Golden Knights. And the only thing I'm rooting for here, the only thing I want to see is just the two of them continue to do it. So it's going to be important. I think it's going to be a big moment for Aiden Hill to get that first home start in the regular season. Uh, and hopefully he, he brings to the table what he did in Seattle. Well, it's been a luxury to be able to lean on the goaltending in yeah. the first four games. Yeah. Three of them being one-goal games. And you, you've won three of the four overall. So yeah. that's been huge. Have you been surprised at all? Is it, Do you consider it the goaltending performances so far a bonus compared to where the opinions were at the start of the season? Yeah, I, I think it's a bonus. Like I, I think you look at where the Golden Knights were at going into the year. Uh, you've got a goalie win from Logan Thompson right against the Chicago Blackhawks. Like I, I don't think anyone's going to argue with that. And you almost had a goalie win, or at least you salvaged points out of a goalie game. Uh, on Cal- against Calgary. So I-, I think for the Golden Knights, if you're going to get that level of goaltending, and-, and probably not at the numbers they're at, say percentage and goals against average perspective, but if you're going to get performances where you're not allowing bad goals, that's absolutely best-case scenario and one that the Golden Knights should be able to win a lot of games with. At which point during the pregame speech by Bruce Cassidy does he mention this? Let's stay out of the box. <laughs> Will it be early? Will it be middle? Will it be late? Will it be two of the three? Will it be all of the three? And, and I don't think that they were horrendous penalties the other night, but they were penalties. And they all happened. I talked to Zach Whitecloud today, and we were going over when the last time we saw something like that was. And neither one of us can remember a team taking six penalties in one period like that without them overlapping. Yeah, And it just piling up and and he said i I took a couple i gotta be more disciplined but it was one of those odd freaky goofy nights i don't expect it to happen again but if you if you can you'd like to limit the opposition to a couple of power plays at the most 
So part of me feels like we're we're going to go through the remainder of the year, and I, I don't think that the Golden Knights are going to get six penalties in a game mm-hmm. the rest of the year, let alone six penalties in a period. Uh, but when during the pregame speech do you do you get to, hey, let's be disciplined, let's stay out of the box? Because I don't think it's been a, a bad thing so far. They, they it, it have one of those pop-up anomalies. Yeah, no, they, they haven't been a very penalized team. The, the prior three games, it just hasn't worked out that way. I, I think that it's probably um, something that's mentioned, but I don't think it's the main focus, right? Like, I think by and large the Golden Knights are a fairly disciplined team. I, I don't think that they're going to be in, in too many positions where they're taking too many penalties. Um, so I think, it's, I think it's a part of it. I don't think it's the main focus. Still waiting for a forward to fully grab control. Marcia has the three goals. Yeah. He's off to a career start. Uh, that should constitute it, but overall have one of those signature moments there's there's so many good positive efforts but when you have a somebody like phil kessel one away from his 400th we're yeah. waiting for that yeah. uh, jack eichel for one of those big point nights mark stone had the game winning goal on opening night but does he put it together with uh, he's he's had big efforts on this frozen floor at T-Mobile Arena before. I'm, I'm kind of just, even with the 3 and one start, I'm still waiting for a huge night for one of them. Yeah, it's been fairly spread out from a production standpoint for the Golden Knights, which is good. Like, you're yeah, not going to... It is great. You're not going to be upset about that, but I, I think that you're right. You're looking for one of those signature performances. We've seen Mark Stone's signature performances, five assists, uh, the type of game where he takes things over. Uh, I, I'll i be honest, Like if I'm looking at it tonight, I, I as much as you want to say, yeah, it'd be great if Mark Stone could come through with you know, a 3.4 point night, the guy that I want to see is, is Jack Eichel. I want Jack Eichel to, going into the year, right? We talked about could be a 100-point guy, could be a guy hitting 40 goals. Like I want to see that signature game from Jack Eichel. And three points in four games? Is is right around there. Yeah, I mean it's it's again it's it's not a bad start, yeah. but I, I think that you know when you're talking about you want to see one of those forwards really grasp control of a game and not relinquish it. For me, it's Jack for sure. There's two players where I glance down at the roster and I go, if that guy scores, it gets everybody going. Yeah, if that guy scores. The whole bench erupts, and away we go, mm-hmm. and it's flying in favor of the Vegas Golden Knights. One is Mark Stone. Yeah. And and he inspires that. Every time. By when he's on the bench, he's mm-hmm. so excited about somebody scoring that when he scores and erupts and shows that emotion, then everybody within 20 miles of this place is smiling. Yeah. The other guy is Phil Kessel. Mm-hmm. People, like his teammates, love him so much. Yeah. And he's such a unique guy that for him to go out and we're waiting on this 400th goal mm-hmm. as he approaches the Ironman record for most consecutive games played. He'll tie that on Monday, break it on Tuesday. Scoring that 400th goal will be a moment for this team that could just ride a, provide a wave to ride. Yeah, yeah, I, I'm with you. Like, when you were setting up that piece that that's my first name that went for me was phil castle Mm -hmm. you get 400 you get 400 at home you get 400 uh, with with this golden knights club 
I think it can really be something that's galvanizing for a lot of people, and everyone will be happy for Phil. So um, I want that goal to come sooner than later, preferably tonight, because uh, unfortunately on the pregame show, or fortunately, I guess, however you want to play it, uh, I've gone Phil Kessel to get his 400th. Uh, You've already decided? Oh, yeah. no. Well, no, I mean, I've, I've gone for, like four games in a row, and it hasn't happened. Oh, so you're, you're doing, just, you're doing gotta, one of those. I just got to keep going. Yeah, I was talking about you on uh, radio uh, oh East today. Oh boy! Well, not you specifically, oh, okay. but people like you, oh, okay, who continue to just uh, dial in on one particular stance. Yeah, and continue to go with it. Yeah, like, yeah. like this is the year Washington's windows closed, and they've they've said that the last five years. You with the Boston Bruins, yeah, yeah, yeah. have done yeah. that along that line. People that go that route, you're mm-hmm. doing that with Phil Castle. Like it's going to happen tonight. Yeah, he's going to score his 400th goal. And if it doesn't, it'll happen Saturday. What do you think his reaction will be when he scores? <laughs> that that's it. Just like all right, cool, great, did it. I, like it means something for sure, but I, I think it probably means more to everyone else than it does to Phil Castle. Who's got the more low-key celebration, Phil Kessel mm-hmm. or Keegan Colasar? Phil Kessel. Keegan doesn't celebrate at all. Yeah, yeah, it's probably. He scored 12 seconds the uh, other yeah. day. No, it's Phil. And there was nothing. Well, yeah, but but I think that that's part of Keegan Colasar saying, yeah, I should have had that one against Chicago, right? Like emphatically celebrating. I don't know, like. I think it takes effort I'll tell not you, to celebrate. I'll tell you, I'll tell you who's going to celebrate Phil Kessel's goal harder than Phil Kessel. Mark Stone. Mm-hmm. For sure. Literally everybody on the team. More so than Phil. I wonder if all, if there's if it's five on five or full strength, yep. if the four other skaters make a beeline to get the puck and, and nobody goes to Phil because everybody wants to make sure we get, <laughs> we get that biscuit. Got to get that thing going. Phil, Phil's just in the in the center circle. How about like, a week? Hey guys, like Phil, going? Phil could score his four hundredth. Yeah. within a couple of days of setting and then breaking. Yeah. the Ironman record of the National Hockey League for most consecutive games yeah. played eight ninety nine on Monday and then eight ninety, uh, sorry nine ninety on Monday. Yeah. And, it's be awesome. what, what am I doing here, Darren? Obviously, Phil Kessel, 400, that's coming in the game where he breaks the Ironman streak. And then he's going to go for 1,000. Way we go. Yeah. Breaks it against Toronto. Uh, sets it, sorry, ties it against Toronto. I'll get it straight. Uh, ties it against Toronto and then breaks it against the San Jose Sharks, hopefully with his 400th goal uh, somewhere in there. We're going to take a break. And when we come back, news and notes from around the National Hockey League. It's one-timers where we're going to offer our top five on the reverse retro jersey unveiling. It's Fox Sports Las Vegas. Maybe a two-on-one. Petrangelo gets it. He shoots. He scores. It's time for one-timers. One-timers. Short-handed goal. Alex Petrangelo. Quick looks at some of the biggest stories of the day on the VGK Insiders Show. We're going to get right into the NHL reverse retro jersey launch in just a little bit. But first, uh, some stories around the lake. Cam Talbot still weeks away for the Ottawa Senators. Now, Anton Forsberg has been awesome in place of the number one net minor, but that's the situation. Talbot dealing with those uh, rib injuries that uh, were suffered just before the start of the season. Uh, that's the latest on that. And we have a report about the uh, 
Colorado Avalanche and Devon Taves, he got banged up last night. Uh, mm. They aren't saying whether or not he'll be able to go against Seattle, but they're already without Gabriel Landeskog for 12 weeks after the knee surgery. So uh, an early season challenge for the defending Stanley Cup champions when it comes to the injury bug. Yeah, uh, not great for Colorado, but um, I think they'll be okay. Yeah, they should uh, should be able to qualify for the Stanley Cup. The Central Division. Like Colorado, you consider in. Yeah. St. Louis, I consider in. Probably. Dallas is off to a great start. Yeah. Are they back in? And then you've got, like, a Nashville, a Winnipeg, a Minnesota, all fighting uh, for it. Minnesota's off to a sluggish start. Nashville. That's being kind. And they get going. Yeah, yeah that's being kind to the Minnesota Wild. Um, I don't know. Like, it's it's uh, <laughs> Minnesota-Vancouver tonight. Like, which team's going to figure out a way to win? I don't know. We'll see. Which team does? <laughs> Probably Vancouver. Really? Yeah, maybe. Yeah, I think Minnesota comes up big. That's a 1-1 game in the first period. The Canucks and the Wild have both been rather uh, subpar to start uh, <laughs> this this campaign. Uh, the Dallas Stars in Toronto tonight. We know uh, all about the situation with the Toronto Maple Leafs, uh, given the explanation by their head coach that uh, that he had to clear the air with his team after some strong statements. That's a 1-1 game in the second period. And uh, another game of interest in a little bit will be the Carolina Hurricanes and the Edmonton Oilers. That'll be a, a bit of a test for the unbeaten Hurricanes. And the Oilers haven't really broken from the gate like you might expect, one or two. Yeah, Edmonton hasn't been particularly sharp to start the year. But for the Carolina Hurricanes, a, a team that defends incredibly well and does not really give up very much, the test is how can you contain or can you contain Connor McDavid? Like that's going to be the big one for me coming out of that game. I think Carolina probably comes away with two points. Yeah, but you got to contain Carolina's offense too. No, no, you're, yeah, you're absolutely right. Like I'm not worried about Carolina's offense finding the back of the net. They've been really good to start, to start the year. Uh, the question with Edmonton is when they get down, then Connor McDavid goes on to. Uh, into another stratosphere, and, and you've got to find a way to control that. Okay, you've been uh, chomping at the bit here with yeah. the reveal of the NHL's reverse retro sweaters for yeah. all 32 teams. Yeah. Last time they did this, only only 31. Right. And for the people that, that tweet out and say, how can you have a reverse retro jersey when you've only been around for a couple of years like Seattle or Vegas? Uh-huh. Yeah, they, they did a great job the last time with, with Vegas uh, bringing in the – Thunder and the the Wranglers, and today there's yep. a bit of a, a nod to that past as well. You, if you're involving the past, it doesn't have to be just the National Hockey League. And I think Adidas and the clubs have done a pretty good job of this. Your top five, or do you want to start with your bottom five? Uh, okay, well let's let's start with with the two that I I absolutely cannot stand. Um, so we're gonna go bottom five to start. It's not even gonna be bottom five because like, well, okay, maybe it will. Um, why didn't someone tell the Colorado Avalanche and the New Jersey Devils that they were making the same jersey? Uh, Why didn't someone say, hey, guys, you both are going Colorado Rockies. Let's not do that together at the same time. Interesting, because it is from Adidas, and they are similar. They're same colorway. It's it's different in, the, in terms of the, of the striping, but to me, like, 
I don't want two of the same jersey, and it's two of the same jersey. Colorado was outstanding last time with the, and the I, Quebec Nordique. And I'll pull. be honest, I, I think it's probably partly because I just wanted another Nordique throwback, and I didn't get you it, can't so get I'm bad about it. Uh, y- you can. No, no, yes, you, you, you got to make it part of your team, your your area. The nod you, you to don't the past to do anything. is good. You don't have to do no, anything. Hey, marketers, they're not doing that again. Yeah, Franchises, so, no, you're right. they're not Mark, doing that again. Marketers would much rather have Colorado and New Jersey with the exact same jersey. That makes zero sense. Yeah, I don't. There's nothing unique about it. I think they're they're different enough to no. make to make it work. Okay, who's who else is in your bottom five? Uh, bottom five. Uh, be, be, beyond those two, Detroit. Uh, at least they sort of tried this time. Well done, Columbus. Don't like it at all. Uh, so what is that? Four. Yep. Um, and then I'm gonna go like uh, Carolina. It, it's. It's essentially a jersey they wear already. Like I'm not, I'm not a big fan of the Carolina Hurricanes one. So th- those would be my bottom five, top five, far and away number one, Florida Panthers. The Florida Panthers hit it out of the park. Oh, at the it is a gorgeous, gorgeous jersey. It's it uh, baby it, blue. It reminds me of Gordon Bombay's Miami Waves. So if if that was kind of inspiration for it in any way, shape, or form. I'm all for it. Fantastic stuff. So uh, Florida, number one for me. Uh, number two be the Anaheim Ducks. I love the fact that they went back to the Mighty Duck. I like the fact that it is uh, very similar to their original jerseys in, in terms of the, the striping. Uh, I'm all for it. I love Anaheim's. Uh, I really, really love San Jose's. The Shark, phenomenal. Uh, or, I'm sorry, the Golden Seal, uh, all of it, I love. Isn't it funny that uh, they were the Seals? Mm-hmm. And yep. now that the sharks, well, they're meaner they're going now. Back to the seals, yeah. but the shark eats the seals. Right, right. It's 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 an identity crisis anyway. for sure. Uh, what is that? Three, yep. four. Uh, uh, I'm gonna go L.A. I I love the uh, the purple and gold look. I love the fact that you have another reverse retro that really. There's a lot of tugging on your heartstring in, in this top five. Yeah, I, it's all personal. Like. There's, there's really like, there's nothing out there that makes a jersey appealing outside of just personal preference, of course. And then the last one I'm going to throw in there is, um, yeah, I'm going to throw Vegas in there. It glows in the dark. Like, what am I going to do? Yeah, you know what I mean. What am I going to do? On the, on the other side of it, ones that you weren't a big fan of, I'm a little surprised that you didn't throw out Nashville. Yeah, I wanted a lot going on there. Or or Boston with the teddy bear on it. I, I like the Boston teddy bear, just not enough to, to put it into my top five. Really? Uh, yeah. I didn't like the Boston. Boston no, would have been way more on the other end of the I, spectrum. I'll tell you, one jersey that I like, but like I'm not putting in a top five, is Tampa. Like They just went full-on hokey with it, and I love that. Like You're talking about storm water on the bottom and the, the, the rain coming down throughout the jersey. Like There's a busy busy jersey right there with the Tampa Bay Lightning. I love the fact that they did that. Minnesota um, basically just doubled down on what they did yeah, before. They made a dark version of their of their North Star throwback, which I'm like totally good with. Did a team that missed the mark the last time rescue it and answer with a with a really good bounce back performance? Yeah, the Islanders. The Islanders are awesome. Like I, I Captain Highliner? If yeah, if I if I were going to 
nudge one of my top five out of the top five, like, or if I was just going to expand it to six, the Islanders are probably in there for me. I love the, uh, it, I love the Gorton Fisherman. It's always going to be the Gorton Fisherman. I, I wish that there were waves on the jersey like they had in the back, uh, back in the day, and I wish that there was a little bit of teal in there. But I'm not going to be a beggar here. Like this is the most non-Lou Lamarillo thing that I, I've ever seen in terms of a jersey coming back for the Islanders. So uh, let's go. Love the Islanders kit. Pittsburgh's good. Yeah, Robo Penguin's good. Yeah. I, I'll, I'll be honest though. Like I wanted, I wanted the the center stripe gradient to come off of uh, of of the Robo Penguin, and it didn't happen. So it loses points for me there. And then I will say honorable mention for the Philadelphia Flyers. Why haven't you mentioned them at all? Who, Philly? Yeah. Because I'm saving it for right now. Because, one, the jersey, literally nothing to look at. The jersey's like, meh. Yeah. But the jersey with the Cooperalls, and it is top 10, top 5, top 3. If they were to wear the Cooperalls in a game, and I know they're not going to, they're going to wear them in warm-ups. It's a safety thing. I get it. But if they were going to wear the Cooperalls in a game... They're, they win. They win reverse retro. You cannot get any more retro than Cooperalls. Who said it was a safety thing? Eh. Dr. Saravelli. Is that out there? Yeah. Tweeted it out. Huh. Did some digging. I don't know. I, I can you see slide. it being a competitive you disadvantage. You slide. Oh, yeah. No, you did you yeah, yeah. Look at Bill Barber when Wayne Gretzky scored his 39th goal in, safety. in 50 games. Uh, a correction. They're not Cooperalls. They were never Cooperalls. <sighs> they were CCM pants. Oh, boy. Isn't that crazy? Everybody thinks that they were Cooperalls all these years later. And Cooperalls were the the mainstream of those pants. Yeah. But, uh, but yeah. from the NHL, the two teams that wore them, Hartford and Philadelphia, yeah. it was the CCM pants. And, and CCM is still around. And Cooper got bought out and digested and, yeah. uh, by, by, by Bauer. And they still get all the credit for the Cooperalls. Well, they should. Just, it's just not right. It's always the Cooperall. Not right. Well, come up with a better name. The CCM alls. Like, what are you? What are you gonna do? I can't remember what they named those things. I, I just go back with tax normally. But <laughs> they, those things could slide, man. Uh, the the players that will wear those for Philadelphia in the pregame warmup. Yeah for the different games that they don the reverse retro. And teams can wear them as little as two times. Yep. Or they can wear them as many as eight. Vegas is going to wear theirs eight. Yep. I don't know how many times Philadelphia is going to wear their reverse retros. But th those guys, they've never – it'll be like wearing sweats out <laughs> for them. Because they're, they're the long pants, instead of having short pants, as uh, Chapman calls them, <laughs> shorts and socks, uh, it's – one big pant all the way down. Chapman's looking at him like, finally, hockey pants make yeah, sense. What this, yeah, this is great. I love this. <laughs> I love this. Hey, those Cooperalls or CCM long pants, Yeah, those were going to be hockey. Really? Those are yeah. supposed to take over. Yeah. Major, junior, uh, college. Uh, they got into the National mm -hmm. Hockey League. Like it, Every minor team yeah. had them. Youth hockey team had them. Yeah, it was supposed to take over, and then it just stopped all of a sudden. Because I believe athletes just found them too hot. Sure. Uh, to go. What's uh, What's your top five? Uh, I don't know whether you want to go down. Uh, well, just Montreal, just give Montreal. us give us Montreal, four. I love the nod because you're only going to give us four well, in the top five anyway. Vegas, 
Montreal, I love the odd uh, nod to the Expos. Yeah. Uh, Philadelphia because of the the Cooperalls. And mm, wait, I Dallas, thought they weren't Cooperalls. Well, nod to the Cooperalls because everybody calls them that. Oh, okay. Uh, Dallas, I liked what they did on that. So that's three. Dallas? Are you kidding me? Yeah, yeah I like that. That is one of the more boring jerseys out there. What are you talking about? Dallas and Pittsburgh. And my last one. Winnipeg, because it's the same logo that uh, that I covered back in the day with the Winnipeg Jets. No love for Edmonton, huh? I hate that. I oh, hate that it's wrench. so good. It's so good. I hate that wrench. It's so good. Those are your one-timers. Better than Dallas. For this Thursday, October 5th, on Fox Sports Las Vegas. When the guy wouldn't stop talking, we had no choice but to give him his own segment. It's time for Catching Up with Chapman. couple of tickets for tonight's game. Going to give them away at the end of the show. So get ready at 702-876-1340. Chapman. Hi, Darren. So uh, I heard John Shannon talking about Sam Gagne. And uh, every time I hear his name, it still amazes me that Sam Gagne is the last player in the NHL to score eight points in one game. Uh, He did it as as he was a member of the Edmonton Oilers. But what's even more fascinating about that is he scored a couple points in the next game. So he actually holds the Edmonton Oilers record for most consecutive points. He broke Wayne Gretzky's record. So a little cool statistic about Sam Gagne. And I'm going to tie in the Winnipeg Jets. And the Golden Knights, because two brothers whose son played for both, or one whose son played for both the Golden Knights and the Winnipeg Jets, the two brothers, Anton and Peter Stastny, both scored eight points in a game. They did theirs in the same game, and it was one-year anniversary of the Miracle on Ice. So uh, pretty interesting eight-point tie-ins there. I have no idea what you're talking about. You completely lost me. How how did I lose you? What's, What's so difficult about that? You com- the the miracle on ice. Well, because what did that have to do with anything? <laughs> Nothing other than the <laughs> fact that that Peter and Anton they scored their eight points on the same night in the same game. Yeah. It came on the one year anniversary of the miracle on ice, February twenty second, nineteen eighty one. They did it. So I was with you in the, all the Sam Gagne stuff. Yeah, I was like that part. I was fine, <laughs> and then you completely lost me. Miracle on ice. Yeah, well, I just wanted to throw that in because it was on the anniversary. So two really significant hockey things happened on February 22nd, one in 1980, one in 1981. By the way, I'm surprised. And, and I, I, I'm going to say this. I'm surprised. When did the Gagne you, thing happen? Uh, let me. I have the date right here. It see, happened see, February, it was, February <laughs> the, the main 2nd, focus of your whole story, no, you didn't even mention that date. Of, of 2012. You mentioned 1980, 1981, and then you forgot the whole Gagne date. February 2nd of 2012. By the way, I'm surprised that neither one of you gave any love to Johnny Canuck. That's the best reverse retro. No, it's not. It's not even close. I like it, too. That's that's the and I like Florida. Florida's really good. Florida's is so much better, Chad. Florida's is awesome. How disappointed are you in New Jersey? Oh, you, you know what? It's funny. You stole my thunder. Because yeah. someone needed to tell Colorado. By the way, how many times is Colorado going to lose use the flag logo on one of their jerseys? But I guess New Jersey. They I don't can, think they, there's a rule against. They them. they can say that they were going with the Kansas City Scouts colors as well because the Scouts also wore the same color scheme. But I am glad that they didn't go with an offensive uh, Indigenous 
uh, emblem on yeah, well, that, that jersey. That's, so, so that's yeah, a good Yeah, I agree thing. with that. Good. I'm glad you're on board with that. Oh, 100%. No, I mean, it go, kind of goes without saying. Uh, I'm going to give away some tickets here to tonight's game. So be the fifth caller, Chapman. Answer these callers. And it's 702-876-1340. you got to come to the game tonight, though. You gotta, it's a quick turnaround. you got to be able to come to the game. Uh, we'll email them on the Access Ticket app, and we'll get you in the game and have some fun for this one against the Winnipeg Jets. Vegas trying to go to 2-0 to start the campaign. Were you following him with the whole... I, I'll be honest. Like I don't generally listen yeah. to this segment. Be caller five. Yeah. Be caller five. Seven zero two eight seven six thirteen forty. I'm just. I'm, I'm here in spirit only. It's the most mad you get every night. Is when I say hello, Christopher. Well, I didn't do it there's, tonight. There's just. There's no. And, there's and no you're point still upset. It. Well, you're hijacking his segment at the beginning of it every time. Wow. Let, let the man have his segment. See what happens. And whenever I get frustrated, Wallace says, hey, you, you created this. You Fair. Uh, doors are open. People are coming into the rink. 30 minutes until nighttime and the pregame warm-up. Looking forward to all the talk about the reverse retro jersey along with a big night for the Vegas Golden Knights trying to make it four wins in five to start. Ryan Wallace with the pregame shows coming up on Fox Sports Las Vegas.